You know, I did watch an episode the other day, and I think we maybe even talked about it on the last podcast, um, discussing I actually try to figure out when this thing begins. So if there was a pause, there was. Sorry, we're running behind. I was ill-prepared uh, for the episode. Uh, Will's on his way to another event, so we won't have him this evening. But we have Derek. Yeah, but who likes Will anyway? Um, I like. We Will. went and vi- I went and visited Will on Saturday. Drove up, saw his projects, and that. <clears throat> went up with a friend, and he was very courteous. Gave a really nice tour. Not a very car person, and really broke it down and explained things. You know, it's almost be a good field trip, I would say. I mean, he had samples of work and can't talk a lot about it because most of the stuff in his shop anymore is a secret. But he's doing a project for a friend of mine, and I don't know if we should talk about it because um, I don't think it'll be... I think it'll be the only time he wants to do a project like this. But for a friend of yours, yeah. <laughs> so and we can't wait to get the bill on it. <laughs> but so, what are you doing? Anything exciting? Or I'm always doing exciting stuff, John. Don't you know that about me? Yeah. You know, um, going to work, coming home, going to sleep, going back to work, coming home. It's exciting. Mm. See, I skip the work part. I, I, I take after Garfield. First, you eat dessert first, so you're sure you have room. And um, then, of course, his mantra, eat and sleep, eat and sleep. There must be more to life. I sure hope that's all. That's all that cats do: eat, sleep, eat, sleep. Somewhere in there, they pee, they poop, yeah, whatever. Are you calling me a cat? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Do you do you hack up hairballs on the carpet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I try oh, not well. to lick myself that much. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I I don't usually wear sweaters, but I guess if I did. But I do like tuna. Mm, Yes, very good. And lasagna. I'm going to, before we get into this, is got to be careful what you say on a podcast. It turns out we have listeners. Wow, we do? (laughs) Like more than than four? Um, Or is it just one of those four? I'll be honest, we have more than four right now. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right hey guys how's it going oh we'll yeah be careful well, what we said we got people commenting you know i pointed out my pink cadillac which was due to this show mm-hmm. are you and in the back of the pink cadillac with the crushed velvet seats mm-hmm. rolling along something like that bruce springsteen yeah. well what got me on the pink cadillac thing and i can't believe the correct model year and everything was found because that's damn near impossible was a Panther pink 70 charger. I can't figure out where I got to go with that. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, usually these are 68 or 69s, but it's got the proper marker lights, the proper grill. It's really tough to come by a 
70. But Panther Pink's what got me onto the pink cars. And I was coming going through Tuscaloosa today, which I guess I suppose should say roll tide if it's the game next week. And somehow I'm slowly becoming converted to Alabama after 15 years. There was a um, light pink Hyundai in a guy's front yard for sale, but had a lot of body damage. Uh, we'll might talk a little bit more about that later. And on my list of Christmas presents, and be careful of what you say, I got a little jar of sour pink Cadillacs. What? And, and these things are sour. They will make you pucker. You'll look like um, Bugs Bunny in the cartoons when he sucks the, uh, al- is it allium? I can't remember what he sucked in, you know, Maybe it was Daffy Duck, but whatever in mouth. Yeah, th- these are pretty. And then I heard, I'm not sure if these were custom made for us or because I was told yours have, you got a lot more because you have a lot more pedals. <laughs> I didn't actually get more. That was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get it. Mine, I'm but, pretty but, sure mine say the same thing. Um, they do say clutch and gas. Uh, exactly. Para, para, clutch gas. Eh, I don't know which way to go again with the camera. But clutch and gas socks. So I don't know if, a, you know, I think I love this the is, fact that there's just no break. I mean, just screw it. No break. Clutch gas. That's all you need. I think this is, well, I'm not going to say what the brake pedal one looked like. And maybe made by Trojan. But, <laughs> but um, I think this is maybe hinting or harassing me for my dual clutch hey. car. John, those those socks didn't look that small. You're welcome, buddy. Yeah. I, mean, I think you're going too deep. <laughs> so you know, I got a I got I got two pair of socks just like that. I shouldn't say I got I got two, but myself and my lovely wife uh got clutch and gas socks as well. I would have liked the pair that the uh, left foot said high low. And the right foot would have had to say break, but I don't know what you'd do for reverse. It's the middle pedal. I just. Uh, again, you probably use the same one I would use for a brake pedal. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to uh, uh, just talk to the guys at Pfizer, though, because the brake pedals in your car are a lot stiffer than the brake pedals in my car. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> I really don't know how stiff your brake pedals are, and I really don't want to know. So uh, I, was, I, br- I brought up that pink Hyundai earlier, and it's one of these things that crossed my mind. And the topic of this show is because of the picture behind me. Yeah, but you're also blocking the topic of the show. You well, put it, it in a really horrible location. It looked really good on the website, and it's just the web picture. I mean, it's the oh, cover right. art for the, the episode. And choosing our projects. And a friend of mine sent me this vehicle the other day. And I believe he knows my passion for Rampages, and I've owned Rampages in the past. And they're such damn cute, comfortable little cars. Uh, wait, a, a friend of yours sent That's how you're going to roll? A friend of yours sent it to you? Okay, Derek sent it to me. <laughs> and I showed you're the, it. You're, you're the mini truck guy. 
I know. You don't get much minier than this. Um, <laughs> and I had a conversation the other day, and I, I never put two and two together on this, and I'm not picking or harassing. I mentioned I was a big fan of mini trucks. And the person had never heard that term before. I drive a Mini Cooper. And, well, it turns out I am a fan of Mini Trucks. And the Mini Trucks made out of Minis. So, but that's what was thought, is that it was a... Um, I was passionate about Mini, Mini Trucks. <laughs> but um, it just... It's interesting to me because we live in this world and um, it comes really prevalent to me when you talk about acronyms. You'd never use acronyms unless you're with your close friends or close coworkers because acronyms mean so many different things to so many different people. Um, like assume, right? Uh, yes, but I think most people understand what assume means. <clears throat> There's one that I always think of, but I don't want to go there because that really puts us out of the family-friendly um, realm. But, mm, yes. you know, uh, it's just there's so many of them. And then I sit there and because I actually play in so many industries, I've got to, okay, it takes me a few minutes. And I mean, I'm slow to begin with. So let's quit doing acronyms but it's like i said it was interesting to be and have this conversation and forget that some people don't live in our world but back to my rampage here i can't remember how expensive this thing was was it 14 or 1700 or i sent you the i don't let me look it up because i sent it to you oh i forgot you would have pulled that all up but you know whatever and if you give me a second i can I'm going to make you go away for, for a second. You're making me go away, what? Yeah, because I forgot to split my screen before the show. What did I do to you? Oh, I must have killed you. Cool. Well, you came back up. 1700 1700 Well so, worth it, John. Buy it. Do it. And it really popped into my head. That's a hell of a lot of money for this truck. <laughs> 60,000 miles. Does this look like a 60,000 mile truck? Um, looking at the well, interior pictures and that, no, these were five digit odometer vehicles. Um, 160, yeah, I could buy that. Um, doesn't run, missing the taillights and the back corners, which the back corners were impossible to find in 1983 because my dad's needed a back corner. Um, back in 83, it was a company vehicle um, that his company owned and one of his drivers backed into something. And it was hard enough to get the parts back then. guess I'd have to 3D print it now. By the time you restored this thing, and not to concour, but drivable, presentable, maybe that your girlfriend would be seen dead in, because uh, you wouldn't even be seen dead in this. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have 10, 15 grand into this and I've passed up rampages that were in much nicer shape. One that had had Shelby ground effects, Shelby conversion, Shelby motor in it. You know, basically everything you should have in a Shelby Charger moved over to a rampage, painted two tone black and silver. Really good looking truck, sixty eight hundred bucks. And 
it was ready to go. Eh, you might have to tweak some things here and there, but it was ready to go. So when you're looking at projects, Derek, what are some of the key things for you? For me, the bi- first, the big one is, for me, time and cost to r- restored value. Because while I like Rampages, I have no emotional attachment to any of them. Probably even the one that I owned and the one that my dad owned, uh, I could care less. But I have another one would be nice, but I'm going to do the weighing of restoration to buying a restored project in, in, say, this case. What's one of the first things that you weigh when you're looking at projects? Oh, this is such an existential question. Does do you choose the project or does the project choose you, John? That's that's <laughs> truly anyway. Um you know, I I guess the way I grew up um with a father that does restorations and we put our own labor into our cars, I I guess I've never been one to factor in that, you know restoration costs. I mean, there's parts costs, obviously materials costs, but the time cost is I'm going to do it probably mostly myself might be a few things. I don't, you know, if I have to have some machining done that I don't have the equipment for or something like that. But, um, so I've never, and, and I'm not one that tends to collect for the, the value of the car. I mean, I don't go out and buy a car that, for too much money, obviously I don't spend more than a car is worth, um, when I'm buying something, but for me, it's, it's typically, if I, if I see a project car and I start thinking about it and it doesn't go out of my mind for a couple weeks and it's still available and there's just something nagging at me about it, uh, that's, that's usually how I wind up buying cars reasonable price, uh, even if it's a project and I don't forget about it. If I can't get it out of my mind, there's some reason that I'm attracted to that car and I want to buy it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I can live with that. I mean, that's some of the things that desirability, I think the short way of saying that. Uh, and I did look up what you referred to there, uh, uh, Jimmy is that, the Mike Copeland Rampage build 392 mid-engine. I do remember seeing that from SEMA a couple of years ago. And I just recently saw, I swear it's like an Omni 024, which is basically a Rampage as a hatchback. Or the 024 became a Rampage when you put a pickup truck bed on it, one or the other. And I think it's a, um, a Hellcat <laughs> powered. And it's still in the front. Rear rear wheel drive, but they managed to squeeze the Hellcat in the under the hood of the thing. Now I don't know if you're sitting in the back seat or whatever, but uh, for some reason people like to take these early '80s front wheel drive Chryslers and put big motors in them. Um, sounds fun, right? But again, I guess that goes into to projects. Seventeen hundred bucks buy this Rampage. You know, stick a Hellcat in it. Um, well, I think it really does come down to, again, what, what you're doing it for. Like, what are you in the hobby for? Are you, are you in it like me where it's just, I, I'm passionate about cars. I, I, I love old cars. I think it's 
fun to just drive them around, work on them, maintain them, uh, do all of that? Or are you somebody that's, you know, are you an investor? Are you doing it to invest? And and in that case, you know, you're not going to be buying these, the cars that John and I buy <laughs> because they're not worth that much when they're done. Uh, you're buying the, the higher end, you know, Duesenbergs and, um, you know, Pierce arrows and Auburn's and all the, all the high end stuff that, and so a lot of those cars are coming down in value. So you can't even say some of those are still the thing, but you know, I, I think it really goes down to part of choosing your project too, is what in the world you're in it for, you know, are, are you somebody, you know, and it's, it's not my taste, but it's, you know, maybe Will's taste. Are you somebody that's like you're saying, John, going to buy that rampage, you know, 1700. Okay. Offer 1500 bucks. They probably are going to take it if it's been sitting a while. And are you going to, you know, strip it down and put a, a Hellcat V8 in it and put rear wheel drive and, you know, make it a, a resto mod that that's what Will likes to do to cars. I've heard is resto mod them. And that's one of his uh, fav- favorite, favorite terms. I think it's his specialty, isn't it? Um, but you know, and, and, you know, are you going to make it some wild one-off custom, uh, vehicle that is, you know, going to be worth more because of what you've done to it. So I guess that's, that's another factor in how you choose your project. And are you working on it or are you considering a project, something you're going to buy and then send to a shop like will and have it done? Is that still a project? If you're not doing it? Oh, it's, I think it's definitely a project. It's an argument I had with a guy back in 95 when we were, my dad was showing his Viper at a, um, uh, at an event and somebody came up and said, man, he just bought his way into the show. You know, for my dad to get to that point at that point in his life, you know, you know, early forties and such. And, you know, and he had worked a hundred hours a week on his business as opposed to going to work for 40 hours a week and coming home and working 30 hours a week on the, say the car, you know, he invested his time in making money and then he rewarded himself in the end. So I, I never discount anybody for writing a check to get their project because most people work their ass off to be able to write that check at some point. And if you're paying somebody like to will to do it, no big deal. I mean, if you're paying anybody to do the work, um, to me, it doesn't matter. It's your passion. It's putting you in the hobby. You know, if you can't take the time off of work or you don't have the skill set to do those things, there's you know nothing wrong with hiring somebody to do it. Um, you know, it's just like your flat screen TV. If you can't hang it on the wall, if you don't, you know, can't use a stud finder, you pay somebody to do it. You know, I'm, you know, fortunately I'm renting, but I'm having a hot water heater issue right now. But I can do most anything when it comes to household repairs except plumbing. So I hire a plumber and there's nothing, you know, don't knock me for it. So, yeah, I I wouldn't, I don't hold it against anybody when they go to a shop to do something or if they go and write a check for a car and, you know, it's, it's done. Um. You know, part of me buying a project or buying a car is I always have a list of cars in my head that I want to own, and I know what I'm willing to pay for them. And if said vehicle 
comes across my desk or enters my life and the numbers are right, I usually own it. That's why I go through so many cars. It's just like I bought the Mini. I knew what I wanted to pay for a Mini. And one came through my life that was that price. So it became one of my cars. When I bought my SHO, it was the same thing. You know, granted, these aren't project cars, but I knew what I wanted to pay for an SHO. And guess what? This one came across and it was a hell of a lot cheaper than what I went into the dealership to buy um, by almost $25,000. So um, what am I thinking here? My Lotus, you know, take my Europa, which was a project car. The price was right. You know, I, I didn't want to spend money on it, but somebody was willing to trade me something else I had. And guess it entered my life. And I, I owned it for a few years, sold it to somebody who actually just last year finished the restoration 14 years later. And it's an absolutely gorgeous car now. And you may have stole it from me. You got it a little bit too cheap or I sold it a little bit too cheap, but we always feel that way. Best deal, always, I guess. It's always the seller's fault. Well, it's the seller's fault. Don't don't ever blame. Well, I guess in the best deal. I guess the whole thing with this pricing thing in choosing a project, I've been told, and I totally agree with it. The best deal is when both parties think they got ripped off. If the seller thinks he sold it for too little, and the buyer thinks he paid too much, but the seller walks away with money and the buyer walks away with the car, that's the best deal. You know, if somebody walks away too happy they got the better end of the deal. The seller's happy. Yeah. He got too much money for the car. If the buyer's happy, he paid too little for the car. Um, extenuating circumstances. I mean, if it's something I, you really, 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 really want, you know, and you can overpay for things. Uh, used to be told by um, somebody I worked with, uh, you never can pay too much. You just buy too early. BS. I don't believe that. If you pay too much, you paid too much. Um, yeah, it's going to eventually appreciate into it, but is it going to appreciate into it because of inflation or actually desirability? And 90% of the time, it's because of inflation. Um, so I think my, you know, another thing in choosing a project is, does it hurt each person just a little bit? So. Yeah, well, I mean, I like what a lot of people are saying over here. I'll go back. Lane mentioned, you know, the, the the whole buying to invest is a gray area, which completely agree. You, you know, you're not buying what you like. You're you're buying what you know is going to hold value or increase in value. And uh, to me, that's that's no fun. Why do I want to buy a car that I'm not going to enjoy just because? Oh, it's going to hold its value, or oh, it's it's going to increase in value. I mean, it's nice. You don't ever want to. I mean, you hate to lose money by buying something, but, um, you know, for me, it's again, it's to me, that's why it's a hobby. It's not necessarily a business for me or an investment in, you know, it's, it's, it's gambling. I mean, yeah, some of my cars might become more valuable, so valuable. Some of them are going to decrease in value. You know, that's just the way it is. It's a gamble, but I'm certainly not going to buy a car I hate just because in 30 years it's going to be worth a million dollars. I just, I don't, I don't want to walk out to my barn and go, oh, isn't that car nice that's sitting there? I'd probably sell it before it achieved any good value. You know, I, I put Lane's uh, comment up on the screen for those that are watching the video version of this. Uh, and he says, that, you know, 
invest invest is a gray area. Gotta buy what the people want, not what you may like. Certain people can do that. Um, I totally disagree with it. I'm gonna buy what I like, mm-hmm. um, whether it be a pink Hyundai, you know, whether it be a beat up Rampage or whatever. I'm gonna buy what I like, and I'm gonna enjoy it. If I make money going getting out of it, I make money getting out of it. But like you said, Derek, it's a hobby. It's not a business for me. And I'm going to buy what I'm passionate about. It's take real estate. Uh, the last house I sold, the, you know, the realtors came through and said, no, you need to repaint this. You need to make it all, you know, just off white colors. I lived in a red brick house and they wanted me to paint the red brick. And absolutely not. I mean, that's like going back into a, you know, twenties era house and painting all the oak. Yeah, uh, to me, blasphemy painting yeah. brick. So house. you know, yeah. I wouldn't do well, it. I'm, when I live when I live in a house, I'm going to make the house the way I want it, and when I'm ready to sell it, I'm going to sell it. To me, the buyer's going to paint it anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, I'm, do I really want you to buy my house if you're going to live in a drab white house? I mean, whatever you want to think there, but and unfortunately. Uh, I sold the house to a a flipper and they painted everything drab white and they painted the exterior white and they painted the outbuildings white and the house has zero appeal to me now. Um, You know, fortunately, uh, no, a guy that would can come and sandblast off all the paint on the exterior and bring it back to the red brick, et cetera. But no, house has no appeal to me now. I just, I'm not a fan of painted brick. Unfortunately, if you're going with what Lane said, painted bricks, what flips right now? So, sorry, brought this into a real estate show. Yeah, really. Oh, so, <laughs> uh, real estate. Um, um, let's see, what could we change the name of our show to? Um, uh, no, no painted brick houses. Um, <laughs> welcome and good evening. Um, this is the new episode of a No Painted Brick Houses. Um, John's going oh. to go on a rampage. About painted brick homes. No, no, we just call it anything but cars. Anything but cars. <laughs> we do have those episodes some nights. Um, but yeah. no, I mean it's it. it and I, I, I mean, I think the fact that even all of our commenters are saying pretty much the same thing. You know, that's that's again, that's going back to it. It's why we call it a hobby, and we're not. I mean, in some ways, all three of us are in the business of the automotive industry one way or another, but what we do with our projects and choosing our projects are not always part of that business element that we are in. And it's truly a hobby. And, uh, Oh, Toby, don't bring economics into this. I never, well, I never well, was see, good at those classes. Um, Jason's commenting our real, our, our real estate talk. So we're, we're helping out people. So not, you know, some people are interested in that. Yeah. And, um, Ms. Hill, do not paint your brick. Don't paint the brick. Don't do it. Uh, they have a great mid-century home too. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful architecture. Come on. Come on, Dana. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it is. And, and that's, uh, you know, like, I said, <laughs> sorry, I'm reading comments at the same time and I can't not laugh. Um, you mean, but you know, I mean, it's this even one, like I like painted brick. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, you know, it's it's going back even to um, Toby, one of Toby's comments earlier, and and Jason, you know, 
part of the fun of it too is in buying a project and and working on it is you make that connection to the car. And if it's, especially if you're choosing a project because you already have some interest or connection in it. uh, And then, you know, you go from there. And honestly with me, you know, I, I don't think the only car that, well, the only car that my dad and I have ever sold is the 74 Pontiac GTO. And I recently say within the last three weeks found an old insurance card for it. So guess who has the VIN number again mm-hmm. and maybe going on the hunt for a certain 74 GTO. Uh, I would buy it back at the right price, but you know, everything I've bought, there's not necessarily uh, an emotional connection to it or a, a personal like, Oh, my family used to own that or blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times it comes down to just, like I said, not being able to get something out of my mind, but also in some cases, and it's, it's been somewhat of a fluke, but it's connected to the place I've worked. So when I was at the Henry Ford Museum, I purchased the Ford Falcon that I own, um, you know, connecting to that Ford Motor Company story. And, um, I also bought my Overland at that time, my model 90 Roadster, um, which was second in sales to the Ford model T in 1917. Um, and then when I moved to Cleveland, of course, I, I purchased my peerless and at the Corvette museum, um, I stumbled on a 490, a 1919 Chevy 490 that I bought and Chevrolet made, you know, one of the, one of the key reasons the company survived was the 490 and, competing with the model T and yeah, I'm on the hunt for a Corvette too. And when I find the right one, I'm going to buy it right price, right car. I'm going to get it. I'm sorry. I was distracted by the lawn care question. And my advice on that is follow the people in Arizona. Gravel. Ooh, we, had lawn, we had a yeah. lawn care question. Mm-hmm. Well, we, oh, he didn't okay. present yeah. it, but uh, you know, my, my advice on any lawn care is gravel your lawn. Um, and, Leave it at that. If you want to, you can paint the gravel green, but. <laughs> yes, I, I, that's actually what I was just going to say was actually, if you cut the grass to about an inch to an inch and a half and then get turf green spray paint, you spray paint the whole yard, you're good to go. <clears throat> no. I'm surprised the AstroTurf lawns never took, took off because you can park your cars on them and not damage um, the grass or such. You know, that's actually a, a, an excellent point. I'm, hmm, I might try AstroTurf. I mean, I've made money off junk too. I t- trade, <laughs> see here, I traded my Fusion and made more money, I made money on it. I traded my Hyundai, I made money on it. Well, actually right <laughs> so, now, if you've got so, a, a, a car that's maybe four years, four to five years old or less, you're probably going to make money if you go to a dealership. That that reminds me. I just read an article yesterday or the day before. The average new car in the United States is 29000 and change. Or used car, excuse me, average used car in the United States. And then I'm watching a Carvana ad later on, and they've got this 2014 or 2016 BMW 3 Series and they're all, you know, and it, the, the the screen shows the offer at like $14,000. And I'm going, 
So a four or five year old car, you're going to buy off me for 14 and the average price. And that to me is going to be above average. You're going to try to sell it for 30. That's kind of going back to the way it was in Virginia. Whatever they offered you on trade, double it. And that was going to be the retail price. If you knew what you want, if you wanted to know what you're getting on trade, find the same car for sale somewhere and multiply it by 0.5. And that's what they were going to offer you on trade. Is that the game we're playing now too? Um, so $13,000 BMW, Carvana sells it for, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. So don't sue me, Carvana. You going to sell it for 24 or are you going to sell it for, you know, I would say 18 would be a fair price. But it's going to make me happy and probably hurt you. So it's probably a better deal for me at 18. You know what they're going to do, John? They're going to sell it for the highest amount of money they can get out of it. That is what they're going to do. Carvana puts a price on their website and then you can buy it. And at some point in the future, because it seems every article I read, they don't deliver on time. Um, of course, that's probably the people writing. Those that complain are a lot louder than those that are happy. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you buy it, you order it. They tell you they're going to bring it on Tuesday and three Tuesdays later, you you get it. So did they promise what, what Tuesday or did they just say we'd bring it on Tuesday? Because if they just said they're going to bring it on Tuesday, they could bring it any Tuesday after the day you buy it. Yeah, Jason, I really don't want to get into the Carvana troubles, especially in, I think, isn't it North Carolina, their home state that they can't sell cars in right now? They lost their dealer license or got their dealer license suspended in uh, North Carolina and a couple other states. I could be wrong on the exact state. You know, I I don't have notes in front of me. I'm going off my... um, old man memory, which um, may or may not be good. It's not. It's not. We know it's not. So, now back to our projects. I'm trying to think of some of the other, you know, I don't have ration, rational decisions when it comes to my projects or my toy cars. Yeah, neither do I. Now, here's no. the question. How, how, how many projects do you have in the barn already when you're choosing another project what what is the limit on that i need to know because i i may be reaching it i think that comes down to ability on selling the spouse or significant other uh john Uh, we outlawed selling your spouse many years ago And the amount of, you know, I think filling the barn to the point that you have two, well, one open stall, because then that technically gives you two stalls to work on the project. Now, in your case, you do have that itty bitty, mini, mini, mini car that would fit in the trunk of mine. Yes. Um, Yeah, that helps a lot. So, I can actually like park it in the trunk of the Falcon. I just kind of pick it up and. Yeah, I mean, I, I get pictures of guys with CRXs and guys with minis, and you know, every mini, passionate mini guys, you know, has two minis and then an original mini, and the original minis turned sideways and pushed into the front of the garage. Um, so it, it, yeah, it does does come down to size of car and space, but if you have one extra space that gives you 
you know, you need two stalls to adequately work on the car. So I think that 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 should be your criteria. If you have indoor storage, if you have outdoor storage, the homeowners association's the limit, I think. That's why I live in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, and why my parents live in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. <clears throat> so we can park things outside without anyone complaining. Um, so how many projects am I allowed to have outside? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy here posts that um, how much room you have determines how much, uh, how many you have. And I and think, I think by that he means said. how many buildings you have. That's, no, because I, I, I recently was if near there and um, they got a lot of stuff outside too. <laughs> think their stuff's outside yeah um yeah as and lane backing up lane has been talking about um the fact that right now you can actually make money trading in and buying a new vehicle um because of the situation if you can find a dealership that has a new vehicle for you to purchase i know Rhett lane was thinking about that for a while he talked about it on another episode and it's it's like i said kind of stupid you know i got more money for my fusion than what i paid for it and um, and the reason I bought bought the Fusion at the time is the new car was cheaper than the, the used car. I looked at a 17 and a 19, and I bought the 19 because it was cheaper than the 17. Uh, and then I ended up selling it to get the Mini, uh, and I made money on it for some, you know, some stupid reason. And still the Mini, when I got home, and we talked Carvana earlier, but their offer on the car five hours after I bought the car was more than I paid for the car taxes included. So <laughs> I felt pretty good. Uh, so. Toby, to, to answer your question, um, it, it doesn't have to be a truck. It just has to be a vehicle. Um, it could be a truck, a car, a tractor, a um, lawnmower, pretty much anything. Um, just have something in your yard. I mean, I had to put a rusty 1923 Chevy chassis in my backyard just to feel like I fit in. So, Well, I, I don't know if it's a truck or a Kentucky law, but I think everybody, every car guy is required to have a Camaro on his yard and blocks. Yes. So, but see, Aaron and I, Aaron being my ex-wife, we were the exception. Um, her friends would occasionally refer to us as Euro white trash because we didn't have the Camaro or the pickup truck on blocks in the yard. You know, we had a Lotus and a Saab and another Lotus and things like that on blocks in the yard, you know, nine cars in the driveway, two of them run. And, and I, at that point, I would have to get around to making the rest of them run or at least making the runners outnumber the non-runners. But um, so I think all car guys are required to have a couple of cars that don't run kicking around. I've got one even, you know, I've got my 62 Chrysler, which if anybody wants a 62 Chrysler project car, preferably to make into a street rod, uh, no driving gloves at gmail.com. Uh, we'll be Why would they make it into a hot rod? Why would they rest them on it? Why wouldn't you keep it original? It is a 17,000 mile car. Um, honest 17,000 mile car, one family car. But um, I just think numbers, you could buy, again, you could buy a Newport um, restored and running for way less than you could, you know, 
restore this one. So let's make going street ride is um, what makes sense. Will and I have talked about it, you know, put an air ride on it, put in a modern, uh, you know, motor in it, but then you, you got to get into the rust repairs and the paint. And um, what, what engine does it have in it? Uh, three, three twelve, I believe. So wait, how how bad is how bad is the rust? Um, are we talking floor pans, trunk pan? Um, well, rocker well, issues. What we I talking? can tell you, I haven't looked. I'm, I'm be honest, I don't think I've touched it in five years. Uh, five years ago, it was just a little bit of surface rust around the headlights and that. It is an Illinois car, so I I would suspect by this time it may need floors. Um, mm, mm, but okay. you know, that's, that's the drawback. If, if you know somebody, I will go look and find out if my foot goes through the floor. Um, I've got to be out that way. It's no, actually in the next couple of days because I need to pay them for the space or otherwise I guess they get the car. We'll see it on storage wars. There you go. Where so, you can pick I'm up a car. If the, rust, and if the rust isn't that bad, don't do anything to it. Put a, Put a modern engine drive line in it, spruce it up a little bit, leave it kind of sleeperish, you know, a little beater old car, and then all of a sudden you go out and whoop the snot out of people. Yeah, there was a New Yorker set up like that. Um, I met Will, uh, I can't remember, middle of Ohio a few years back, went to a show he was at, and then there was a New Yorker there set up like that. And I went, yeah, well, I could really, I, I could see doing that to the car. But again, I'm in an apartment now, so... I pretty much have to send it to a shop or I've got to go rent me a shop, which like an idiot, I did have a shop all secure a couple of months ago, but I wasn't in a position to rent it, but I'll rent you a space. I got shop space. Now I've talked to you about that. <laughs> I just yeah, want to store never, it. never finished the discussion. Oh, well, I'll be happy to talk to you about that. If I can get it, get it properly stored, then I'm uh, doing Okay, you know. let's talk after the show. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Don't mind us. We're just doing business, folks. Yeah, that, Remember, that, this is about our hobby, not business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's so, and, and even, and, and I apologize if people are watching. I, I, I know we all tend to kind of grab our phones every now and then and look something up or do something. But foolish, Derek, and the reason I asked how many projects you can have is that I'm yet again looking at more projects. It's not a Corvette. It's earlier stuff. But here I am again talking on a show about choosing your projects and at the same time receiving text messages about projects that are possible opportunities for me to purchase. So, And you wonder why he was talking about Duesenbergs and Auburns earlier in the show. Mm, yeah, maybe. You <laughs> never know. You never know. I, I, know, I, mean, some of, I know some of your friends. <laughs> It's, it's that, it's that, you know, million dollars of just, you know, loose change I got sitting on the desk. I got to do something with it. Well, what you're, what you're trying to do is take care of the children and eventually having that barn find that Tom Cotter's grandchildren will stumble across. Did you see they, uh, was it a Talbo that was recently found in some guy's garage, literally buried under stuff and, you know, the estimates it's, a, it needs restored. It's completely disassembled, but they're finding all the parts in the, the storage building. Um, 
and they're thinking it's potentially a million dollar car. Um, I'm assuming that's as a restored car, but yeah, I mean, it's a Talbot, so 38 Talbot, uh, one of 35 ever built or something like that. It was what on Tom it- Cotter's Facebook page, but um, oh. I'm not sure if Tom was involved in the barn find or not. But I wonder um, what uh, what body it is. That'd be interesting. I'm gonna have to look it up. Go digging mm-hmm. around on Tom's uh, little Facebook page. Yeah. I mean, the the luckiest I've ever got with a barn find. I always said as a kid, you know, Dad and I always talked about you know the barn find and what it would be, and uh, I guess technically our first one that was really buried in a barn was the 65 Mustang convertible we've got, which man, it's a 65 Mustang convertible. You know, it's got the 200 inline six. It's not a a super, super, you know, high end Mustang by any chance um, or by any stretch of the imagination, but probably the, the most fortunate and lucky barn find I've had in my life so far. um, I say so far because there will be more. Uh, is the, the 23 peerless. I mean, that is, that is a car that I really shouldn't own. I got very lucky with connections and, and friends and things like that, that I was able to acquire the peerless. And, you know, when it's done, that is a car that I got at an extremely reasonable price that when the restoration is finished, it is going to be, a very valuable car. They're rare. They're, you know, sought after. However, let's look at it. I mean, I was reading some articles today, even, you know, people were talking about some cars that have recently sold at auction, some Marmons and um, big, you know, Pierce Arrows that just aren't bringing the money they used to. And it's because they're, you know, as, as we've already said, even Lane, you know, they're just, they're not the cars of interest anymore. They're not the cars people are going out after, uh, you know, yeah. Are they, you know, these big full classics that used to be worth a hundred, 150 grand. Yeah. Now what kid my age or younger is out there looking for, you know, a 23 peerless or a 23 Marmon or anything like that. There's not a lot there. There are the oddball few of us that are out there looking that are trying to buy them. And most, most of the kids, my age, younger, we don't have the hundred, 150,000 or plus laying around to bar, buy cars like that. So when they go up for sale for 90, a hundred thousand, they're going to sit on the market. They're not going to get bought. Well, exactly what you're saying is in the comments. Um, and I'm going to be honest, unless I, quickly type i'm not going to even know what it is but phil's saying his next project is a 71 r100 i'm assuming that's some sort of mazda phil knowing you um phil's been a guest on the show i can't remember what episode but we gotta get phil back on talk about rotary again yeah uh, if you go to the website nodrivingloves.com you could type phil phil sewn in and uh you can find his episode. We talked a little bit about rotaries. We talked a little bit about V8s. I really wish we could have recorded and broadcast the after show conversations, but we couldn't. But uh, there there he answered it. First rotary that came to the USA. Um, that was the R100. I thought that, I, I guess in my head, I thought the Cosmo was. Well, he says 71 R100, but the Cosmo was 60s, if I'm right, but... Well, we'll let Phil answer because no, I'm sure he's already typing. Yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you, Phil knows the it answer would, better than us. 
and it, it would be interesting. I'm I'm just I'm spinning this. Oh, Cosmo was so the Cosmos yeah. that are here were imported later. That must yes, be what that, happened. Okay. Uh, yeah. I guess I thought some Cosmos <laughs> came early on, but I um, I don't know my Mazda history. I will say that. Well, they might have come early on and somebody just brought them over, which speak of the devil, did you see the the devil? I just read it in the Rob report. They may have located the official James Bond Aston Martin DB5 yeah. that was stolen 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> I saw want. that. Whatever. Whoopie doo. So. Um <laughs> I always thought that'd be a cool job to go around the world and try to find those stolen, you know, historical artifacts like that. You know, I always thought that'd that, be fun too. I thought that'd be hell? a great job. I, I don't, well, I guess I don't know if the job was fun. I just want to know how the hell you do it. So you just, you got to be in the world and, you know, in that world of, of stuff. And basically you yeah, but the be, first uh, time you bust a guy, aren't you done? You're not the one that busts them, though. You do all the you're the detective and you turn it all over to another group. Um, you, you've got to be kind of a uh, a lot of those people are are really, truly what it comes down to um, are legal con artists. They go in, they play a role. They con people into um, revealing the information that they have the stolen item and they turn that all over to people like the FBI or, um, you know, uh, Interpol, if it's an international situation. And those organizations go in and, and actually do the raid and they they keep their, you know, detective or their informant person, you know, out of the out of the scene. Well, Toby's talking, and Toby's description is exactly what a bar barn find should be. Kids didn't know what they had. You know, nobody knew the car was there. I guess probably somebody passed away and started going through a garage and said, hey, here's a car. And turns out to be, you know, fairly rare Aston Healy. So, reasons I wanted to Oh, you got Lane has Model A stuff. I didn't. Okay, Lane, you. I didn't know you were a Model A guy. Um, hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna gonna keep that in the back of my mind. You're the one hoarding it all. <laughs> no, actually, I was thinking about it. Uh, you know, and when Phil started commenting about the R100 um, and just rotaries in general, is I've seen a lot of articles and I and. Forgive me, Phil. I've I've not read them in depth yet. I've got them all saved on my phone, but I've seen a lot of articles talking about the possibility of rotary engines being used with hydrogen power, and uh, that could be interesting. I think that could be an interesting topic to talk about, and might be an interesting choose your project. Is you know, can you convert a older rotary to hydrogen and do some kind of cool um hydrogen powered early rotary engine car might be kind of fun i'm sorry i was reading phil's emotional attachment to the r100 yeah and, yeah and that's the, pretty cool i don't think he mentioned that in the first time he was on the show that his uncle was uh um vice president of kia that's that's pretty cool i'm going you know, he says R100, and the first thing I saw when before I read the whole comment, R100, we're talking motorcycles. And then he's talking about a Kia Busa. So <laughs> we're just reusing these names as motorcycles now. 
And well, he's saying Kia bought several Mazda chassis. You know, I I don't knock Kia anymore. I like I still say is Kia and Hyundai are where Honda was in the late '80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a very, very good car right now. Um, not a lot, not a lot of complexity to it. I think you know some of the newer Hondas are just there's too much to them that you know. Um, I guess it's the old saying my boss had: they overtecked them. You know, and somebody was talking about that. I can't remember what they were talking about. Computer software. And that you get the so- software just about right, and then you keep adding stuff, which further complicates it, where if you would leave it where it's just about right, it would probably still be in demand, and you don't necessarily need to add that, especially to the base software. But now we're talking computers. So, but computers have something to do with cars, I hear, because there's something about microchips and that. That's why old cars that are projects are cool because they don't have microchips or computers or. No, there's Phil's answer to you. Early 2000 Mazda. I just saw that. Hydro powered rotaries. I think we need to play around with that. Mm hmm. But we're probably rolling up on about 60 minutes of showtime here, actually. We're getting close. 50, you're cutting us, you're cutting us seven minutes short, John. Well, I find if I cut us... I mean, these, 50, these, if these, I, if, these if I cut people us are 50, here to listen yes. to us talk. Yeah, but if I cut cars. us at 56, we um, always go to like 120. So I figure if I cut us at 53, maybe we'll be down <laughs> to 110. But, All right, people, let's wrap it up. Come on, let's wrap it up. We don't, you know... The, the person behind the camera is not going like this. Stretch, stretch. <laughs> you know, we could go to our commercial break if we had sponsors. Manscape. <laughs> You're still working that angle hard, huh? <laughs> trying, trying to get that as a sponsor. And, and I'll take anybody. <laughs> Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> one one of these days, you know, before when when we break like fifteen listeners, we might get a sponsor. Casper mattresses, Harry's. Hey, I'm just throwing them out there. Any of you guys want to send me a check? I've pre-plugged you. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's disposable. Well, I guess Harry's razors with the inexpensive disposable razors. Look at what it does to me. Look at that clean shave. Look at look at Derek. Look at how smooth our chins are. Yeah, this is Bic, <laughs> by the way. This is this is Bic, all Bic. And Bic doesn't do podcasts. Oh, it's it's actually Bic and Barbasol. Believe it or not, I, I use Barbasol. Can you believe oh. that? And if I was good, I would be able to quickly pop off a poem for you. Uh, that was Burma Shave. Oh, same thing. Maybe. Automotive history, though. Burma Shave, <laughs> extremely important in early automotive culture where this the road signs. And, and I remember traveling and there were still see a few that are like that. I don't think they're Burma shaves anymore. No doubt. Burma shave doesn't. Now all of a sudden, I'm thinking Brute 33. Um, boy, we're sure digressing. I, I, don't, I don't know that Burma shaves still exist. I'd have to look that up. But they don't do signs. If they do exist, they don't do those signs anymore. But people put out recreations of the Burma shave signs. They yes. do you know, reproduction. Kind of like people redo the barn bill- billboards, you know, the hand-painted barn billboards. You're going to do um, that to your barn? 
You know, I was tempted, but I I go back and forth. It's kind of like antique cars with me. I go back and forth on if it's appropriate to do it because there's actually, believe this or not, <laughs> there's actually a registry of the barn signs, the hand-painted barn signs that are originals because there are so many people that have put, you know, basically recreations of them on their barns. Um, they've actually tracked down as many of the original ones that have been kept up and, you know, maintained or even ones that are on barns that are starting to, you know, become dilapidated. Um, but there's actually a registry for them. So you can go see the originals. Well, Lane's presenting us offers for his uh, Harry's razor kit. Nice. And he's right. Will probably has the best use for it. Probably. Probably. But uh, see, almost pushed us right up to 60. Now we're at 56. Look at that. Now we're at 56. <laughs> and we talked about it. You know, we got some sponsor plugs in. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. we, uh, non, actually, non-sponsor plugs. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we don't have to tell them that. And that's one of the podcast strategies. You you just quickly do an ad for somebody and act like they're a sponsor because then it makes other people want to sponsor the podcast. Hang on. Uh, Craftsman uh, tape measures. Well, I was I just got a text. They Foos really Hot, measure up. Foos Hot Rods would like to sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> they say they got a really pretty brown. <laughs> We can wait, say what? That. Wait, did, did you say Chip Foose was? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we can get him. I mean, he's not been on TV anymore, so he might need a little bit of work. Yeah, he might. Yeah, I, I hear he built he built one heck of a car called the Imposter. <clears throat> yeah, I heard, heard it won it. a big won a big award, beat out some other shop. Yeah, I love when Will's not here, yeah. but it's even funner yeah. when and, he is here. So, and you wonder why he doesn't listen to the podcast that he's not on or the podcast he's on. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know where to go from there. Um, no well, driving gloves. Say no driving yeah. We can do that plug. Um, I mean, everything's there. All the shows are there. Um, we got a whole new thought process and things in store for, uh, 2022. We might have some solo shows because I kind of, have a goal not to miss a week. Uh, we're going to fill in with some interview shows. Uh, might have some on the live stream. We might just have some that appear only audio, but you'll be kept abreast. Um, I'm not going to touch that one. Ah! And and I'll I'll promise to Jason and anyone else that's that's uh, waiting in anticipation that I will. Once it warms up again, because I don't have a furnace in the barn yet, that's the next one of the next purchases. Uh, I will begin podcasting from the barn and have the uh, background not be my living room and Christmas tree, but rather have it be all of the projects I have in the barn. Uh, Jason's encouraging us to keep it rolling. And I thought he was going to say he has two weeks set aside for the no driving gloves road trip this year. I really would like to put something together like that. Actually, I think uh, we need to move what Toby just said to the website um, right across the top as a banner and uh, get that done. You know, actually, Toby, 
Um, doesn't the New England Auto Auction want to be a sponsor of No Driving Gloves? Get that you know promotion out there. <clears throat> ah, sorry, I had to clear my throat. Now, what is this thing Toby wrote? And I'm going to try to read this without my glasses. If it's uh, more No Driving Gloves that you want and crave, don't complain, rant or rave. Just find them from a sponsor uh, for them to save. Burma shave. <laughs> so, yeah, we might have to add that to the website. We're going to steal that, Toby. We, we'll give you credit. But uh, I kind of like that. <laughs> Two guys sitting around having a beer, chatting cars. I really like having the live commentary out there. Mm-hmm. But, but we're at saying... Uh, he gave us permission. <laughs> All right. I like oh, it. I thought the thumbs up was because the New England auto auction was going to sponsor us. Oh, could be. <laughs> or or do we need to talk about happy days? Sunday, Monday, happy days, Tuesday. That's been an hour. We probably should go. <laughs> why? Why did happy days come into this? Because a thumbs up from Fonzie. Let's pay attention. <laughs> <sighs> When we hit 15 views, we can talk. Wow, Toby, thanks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for bringing us down. Thanks. <laughs> is that during the live show or is that during, because we've had that many in a live show and we mm. get a couple hundred over the course of a week or two. So. Yeah. If you want the numbers, we can share them. Privately. Yes, privately. <laughs> They're embarrassing. So. Actually, they're pretty good when it really they're comes down good. to it. I mean, I've uh, got the specs. Yeah, we're in the top 200 podcasts in Ireland right now. Yes. Yeah. The home of the DeLorean. My peeps in Ireland. That's <laughs> what I like. So, but I'm uh, going to get out of here. Me too. Me, I got things me, to I say I can leave you on if you just want to keep chatting, Derek. But I'm no, going to get out no. of here. No, I got to go. I got, I got, I got, yeah things projects got to do projects oh uh, uh, he's right fonzie's two thumbs a if i had some music here if i had my ipod plugged in or whatever i do have my ipod plugged in but it doesn't work um i could play some music but everybody's saying later they want us out of here i'm getting out of here okay, I, sir, will talk to, I, I will talk to everybody next week we'll see who's joining me later <laughs>